Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. I cannot wait to share this podcast interview with you. I was recently on the Crescendo Music Education podcast with Debbie O'Shea, and this installment is on Rest and Recharge, one of my very favorite topics if you listen to me for any length of time. But interesting enough, I did not expect to see the episode in my podcast feed today. I clicked on it during lunch, and I needed to listen to every word of our conversation. I'm actually running on less sleep than I normally would. And just like with Snickers, you're not you when you're hungry. Well, also with no sleep, you're not you when you're sleepy. I feel like our reflexes are slower, our decisions are worse, our mood is snappier. Really no good there, and yet I let myself do it again. So if you need this as much as I do, please listen and enjoy Rest and Recharge Wellbeing Series with Debbie O'Shea of Crescendo Music Education. Here is the Crescendo Music Education Podcast, episode number 84. This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Turrbal people. I acknowledge them as the traditional owners of the land and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. They were the first music makers on this land. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to episode 84, where I'm going to have another chat to Beth Duhon about a specific area in music teacher wellbeing. This one is all about resting and recharging and sleeping it's so important so how about this for a quote to start off your brain uses sleep as fuel like food and water for your mind the more quality sleep you get the better your brain functions and that's vernon williams md who's a neurologist now I think most of you who have had a really good night's sleep would agree. That is, it's it's just so true, isn't it? You get a good night's sleep, you're ready to go. Here's another little quote from John Steinbeck, the American author. It is a common experience that a problem difficult at night is resolved in the morning after the committee of sleep has worked on it. Do you like that? The Committee of Sleep. I thought that was great. And I and, and this Irish proverb, are you ready? A good laugh and a long sleep is the best cure for anything. I think that is a great proverb. I should actually have that printed on my wall. And as Beth herself says in this upcoming episode, if we could only have one cure-all, it would be sleep. So let's get to it. Beth and I are going to have a chat about resting and recharging. And welcome to the Crescendo Music Education Podcast. I'm Debbie O'Shea and I'm here with Beth Duhon and we are going to get into her book today. I'm really excited. We're going to talk about the first week, which is all about rest and recharge. Oh, the power of sleep and rest. So I imagine you're talking about sleep as well as just rest and downtime. So let's get into it. And it's 
great to have you back. Hello, Beth. Hello, Debbie. Thank you. It's good to be back. This is a passion topic for me, and I'll be honest or just fully transparent. I'm not sleeping well right now, but I'm still trying. And sometimes I have to remind myself that my elementary school does not need to come in my bed at night, that I have to draw boundaries with that just with my mind because I've just, it'll be racing through the day. But I think for a lot of us, our culture is broken around sleep. We think that it's lazy. We think that we have to earn it. You know, naps feel like they're sinful and indulgent and none of that. So if I can do anything, I always say if I had just one cure-all for every music teacher trouble, start with sleep. Yes. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. And I know when I have done my self-development and self-reflection and tried to improve things over the years, several years ago, I went through some fairly major rejigging. Sleep was the big one. I just decided I am having a bedtime and I'm a bit of a night owl. So, and Uh that's when the brain is going. And then it would be 11, 12 o'clock at night and I just cannot function properly. Oh, I'm functioning well then, just not the next day. So I set myself a bedtime. I really do stick to it. Oh, the occasional outing or whatever, but I have a bedtime now. The difference it made to my life was dramatic. Isn't it amazing? It's the simplest thing on the earth, yet it's not the simplest thing on the earth because nobody does it. Mm-hmm. But just the magic of having a bedtime. Yes. And, you know, my school starts early and it's somewhat far away. So if I'm going to do any of that, I really have to have the bedtime of a toddler. I go to bed before my son does at night and I'm like, you need to go to bed on time. Good night. I'm going to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's step one, isn't it? Set yourself a bedtime. Like, I think that as adults, we fight against that because... We're adults now. We don't need a bedtime. I can choose how long I stay up. And I think there's an element of that in in our minds. But having that bedtime, it's like a luxury. One of the things I did to help me stick to it is that my pre-bedtime routine. Oh, yes. mm, You're speaking my language. I think it, it helps set you up to sleep and it helps trigger your body to know that it's sleep and I have set steps that I do. It sounds so regimented, but the difference it makes to the rest of my life, and it's not that long to do the, you know, the set things, the brushing of the teeth and the whatever that that lead to it. And then I allow myself a little reading. So I think I know personally I've done a lot to make that happen. I still have real issues sometimes with turning my brain off though. So do you have any advice in there (laughs) about turning (laughs) your brain off? Man, I used to be world-class at this. The world could literally be falling down around me and I would not wake for any reason. Um, And as I've aged, that has been harder for me. Um, My friends recommend having a notepad by your bed and writing it down Mm -hmm. so you can turn it off. Something I do, I don't know if it's good or bad sleep hygiene, but I will sometimes, I will give up on the master bedroom and go to the guest bedroom just because it's it's a little change of scenery. It's a cool, fresh start. And I try not to turn on any screens. Another bit of wisdom that helped me is my son's sitter would always say, you know, it would be nap time and he'd be jumping up and down his bed and all this. And she said, you know, he's not sleeping, but he's resting. And so I've had to start taking some belief and some hope that okay i'm laying there quietly 
with my eyes closed. I'm not up and about moving. I'm not sleeping. I wish I was sleeping, but getting more wound up about it isn't going to help. So I'm just going to submit to it and rest. Yes. Yes, I try to do that as well. I say that's still better than working or, yes, running around. I agree. I agree. So, yes, sleep is so, so important. But what about actually resting? Is there advice in your book about resting, not just sleeping? Oh, there sure is. Yes. A couple of things are giving yourself a work curfew. So there's always going to be more work to be done. And like I said, it's interesting because I'm a little disconnected from the book. It's been about a year since I've written it. So some of this, it may not even be in there, but I'll give you the general principles. Having a work curfew because any job will expand for the time that we give it, right? And I could literally work 24-7 at my school work and not be finished Mm -hmm. or not think it was high enough quality or and, and, and. There's always something more there. And no one at school is probably going to stop you from that. It's an inside job. Mm -hmm. You've got to stop yourself. So that's a biggie. Yes. The other one, and this is a longstanding habit of mine, and I love it, and I really would not trade it, is the concept of a Sabbath or a day that I don't work. Now, I am not as hardcore about it as some people are, and I might even be misusing the term, but literally on Sundays, that's my day of rest. So I'm not doing schoolwork. I'm not doing housework. I'm probably not really going out and like grocery shopping or, you know, any of those type of things, I really try to draw limits around it that one day a week. And I notice that it benefits the other six days. Mm. And when I skip it, I can tell that it also affects the other six days. It comes out in the seams. So I'd rather do it on purpose, control it. No one's going to throw you a ticker tape parade when you first start doing it. (laughs) But it has been wonderful for my mental health, my spiritual health, all of it. Yes, great advice. And that would not be easy to do, but I'm sure it would be magic. It would really help, wouldn't it? Here's where I go with it, you know, because it was challenging to start, which Mm. seems funny. I think I even started before I was a mother, but you might even think about, well, maybe I can't swing a whole day and I'm not, and you could build up to it, but you could start with a few hours. Yes. Maybe the last few hours of your Sunday night, you just know I'm intentionally going to put on a movie and order takeout and have a relaxing into my weekend. And that could be a little mini Sabbath. Yes. And then as you build up and like I said, for me, and sometimes I'll come back and I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know how this is going to happen Monday, but Lord, here we go. And I just don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it mm-hmm. always seems to work out and yes. not maybe not necessarily the way I think it would work out. And like I said, it's it's really been a blessing to me and my family. It's no longer a surprise or a shock. That's kind of how our household runs on that day. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that advice of just take that little bit and start. I think that's great. And I think we'd all feel very different if we were more rested so that we could recharge. I will tell you emotionally, for most of us, if you are feeling edgy, a nap will not hurt anything. (laughs) It's, (laughs) you know, tired and grumpy are synonymous for a reason. And if it was a toddler, you say, man, that kid needs a nap. Well, we are big kids and we need a nap and we need a rest. And we are the only mammal, I wish I had the source for this, we are the only mammal that will intentionally deny ourselves sleep. No other mammal does it. They sleep when they're tired. That's, yes, I had never thought of that. Absolutely. Yeah, we are. You can't, yes, my puppy, I have a, she's one and a little bit now. And when she's tired, she just lays down and sleeps. That's it. She runs herself ragged and then, I'm tired now. And she's just asleep. You look, okay. So you are right. We are. It's actually not very intelligent of our species, is it? 
<laughs> no, and it's not. I have always, always been a fan of well, what we call a nana nap. Even when I was younger, a quick nap in the lunchtime afternoon. Michael Hyatt, who I follow and read by his books and listen to his podcast. I mean, he's he's a huge proponent. Is that the word of a nap? He actually has somewhere where he naps in his office. That's, That's what my dad calls a short nap. A short nap. We call it, in Australia, we tend to call it a nana nap, which isn't particularly fair to nanas because you can have a nap <laughs> if you're a grandmother or not. But yeah, nana naps, we tend to call it here in Australia. I don't know. Is he that calls just... a short nap a snap. A snap, a short nap. I love it. I love that. Look, I think that is wonderful. We are all thinking about resting. We are all thinking about recharging. And I challenge all of my listeners to do that. And if you weren't listening to the first episode in this series, I'll pop that link in the show notes because we're going to have a little series of these where we talk about what we can do for your well-being. And I am joined with Beth Duhon and we're going to meet again soon to talk about the next section of her book. We will talk again soon, Beth. Sounds great, Debbie. See you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. Don't forget you'll find the show notes and transcript and all sorts of information on crescendo.com.au. If you've enjoyed the podcast or found it valuable, you might like to rate it on your podcast player and leave a review. I'd really appreciate it if you did. All I can be is the best version of me. All you can do is be the best you. Until next time, bye. As we know, laughter relieves stress. Don't lose sight of the funny side of life. Alexa, how do I turn you off? She answered, why don't you walk around the room naked? I love to meet listeners and Facebook group members in person. Here are two opportunities to meet you in the spring. I'll be presenting at TMEA, Better Boundaries for Private Lessons Teachers. Those dates are February 7th through February 10th. I'll let you know more when I know my exact date and time. And also at the OAKE National Conference, March 14th through March 17th. It's Oak's 50th anniversary, and it's going to be in Chicago. I'm a native Illinoisan. I can't wait. See you there. If you're a newer podcast listener to Happier Music Teacher, welcome. Here are a few things you might be able to do to support the podcast. The first is join the Happier Music Teachers Facebook group. That group is a source of joy for me, and I post in it daily. The second thing you might consider is leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And the third is purchasing Happier Music Teacher, currently on F-flat Books and soon to come on Amazon. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.